0: This week's episode of The Liberty. I, of course, am your host of this lovely show, uh, Caleb Franz. I hope you enjoyed that little change up in the intro that we had. It is Christmas, after all, Christmas season. Um, so we'll be playing that from now until uh, r- really throughout the, the rest of the month of December. So if you like the other one better, don't worry, it's coming back. Um, we might change that one up eventually too, but for now, we're just going to enjoy a little Christmas music. Thank you for tuning back in. We, we hoped you enjoyed uh, last week's episode with Michael and Zuri. We had a lovely conversation and discussion on what we can look forward to in Trump's future administration, some of his cabinet picks, um, the positives and the negatives. Unfortunately, more we seem to think might be a little bit more negative than positive, but we covered all angles, and um and now it looks like james mattis is is certain to be the next Secretary of Defense, which I was a little bit uneasy about at first, just specifically because a i wasn't as familiar with him as I know some people were. A lot of people were very, very excited whenever Mattis was announced as his uh, Secretary of Defense pick. I was a little unsure, just because I I didn't know uh, some of his positions on some things, Um, but I am beginning to come around to that choice for cabinet position. However, that pick is only as good as the Secretary of State pick, because his Secretary of State pick is kind of the the first barrier, if you will, going into war. Having a great Secretary of Defense is awesome if you need to go into war. I would prefer to not go into war in the first place. Now, while Mattis seems to be very um, reasonable, he seems to be a realist, uh, he's certainly, certainly better than some of his other picks, such as Tom Cotton, which I would have had to take pins and... and have blood come out of my eyes if that was going to be the pick. Fortunately, it wasn't and I don't have to do that. But unfortunately, um what seems to be the the status quo of today's politics and today's transition, you know, they they call the the movement from power, it's it's called the transition of power. And uh, from one administration to the other. But there's also, I think, another underlying unspoken fact about the, quote, transition. And that is that whenever there's a transition from one political party to the next in in the White House, there's also um, a transition from who cares about the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and free markets. Because when Barack Obama one in 2008 all of a sudden republicans who who supported george bush and who who rallied behind george w bush despite saying unbelievable things about um well if if you we have to save the market but first we have to abandon it in order to save it that's that's insanity there's nothing conservative about that even though i wouldn't necessarily consider myself conservative I don't see anything conservative about abandoning the free market. That's that's not coherent with conservative principles. But then, whenever Barack Obama got into office, all of a sudden we care about free markets, we care about limited government, we care about our constitutional rights, because that didn't happen whenever Bush was in. Our constitutional rights were trampled on, perhaps more so than during... Um, the tenure of of Barack Obama. He certainly set the tone for the tenure of Barack Obama, and it was certainly more so than the tenure of Bill Clinton. But now, all of a sudden, we we cared about our constitutional rights. Now we are beginning to see the pendulum uh, shift again. Now we are beginning to see Republicans who cared deeply about the Constitution. They campaigned on it for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, We were talking about the Constitution. We were talking about the Bill of Rights. We were talking about free markets. Not just, well, taxes um, being lower makes sense just because, well, you know, nobody really likes to pay taxes. But the philosophy behind it and the principles behind that, we as a liberty community, as conservatives, as some of you are, as libertarians, we were beginning to outline that and, and making really strong and really powerful arguments, especially right there at the beginning of Barack Obama's term, in, first term in 2009 and 10. But then we began losing our way, because we, we got focused on issues that are non-issues, that don't really matter. We... Um, we began growing our own form of social justice warriors the kind of people who who are triggered by someone taking a knee on on a football game or um just getting upset about things that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things don't matter at all this is what conservative uh, conservatism unfortunately has become and that's why Donald Trump has head the way to the White House. And now he's about to be president of the United States. Many conservatives will shout up and down that, you know, I I didn't support him at first, but he was the Republican nominee, so I had to. He was better than Hillary Clinton. And, of course, we've talked about this before. Was he really better? Does there ever get to a point where there is no lesser evil. We've talked about this on on this program before. There gets a point where, yes, believe it or not, the right can be just as bad with government as the left can be. We, we've forgotten that. Some of us, I don't even think, fully believe that from the very beginning. I really don't think there are certain people, I really don't think, who, who ever believed that um, big government was bad in the first place. It was just that the Democrats controlling the government was bad. That was the only thing that, that they were concerned about. Not the fact that it's, the problem isn't the party, but just the fact that we're putting such an emphasis on government itself. We were focused so much on defeating the Democrats and equating the Democrats with big government that we didn't stop and think, you know what, maybe just maybe, a Republican big government isn't going to fix anything. We get caught up in the, in the big speeches and the hype and, and the strong man politics, and that's, that's the kind of show I want to have today. That's the kind of conversation I want to have today. We've placed our priorities in the wrong place. That, that sounds familiar because we've, we've had this kind of discussion before on this program. I've told you, we, we, we don't know our why. We've forgotten it, or some of us never knew it in the first place. And because of that, we are naturally attracted to the strongest, toughest man in the room who says he's going to get things done. This is a fatal flaw that is interwoven deeply in the right, specifically in the right. Conservatives are falling for it all over again. Now it's time for conservatives to believe in big government again and Democrats to believe in in civil liberties again. Neither of them really believe in it. This will be our fatal flaw that will destroy us in the end if we just play this party game. This party's in power, so let's, let's talk about constitutional liberties now. That's where we messed up in the first place. Because the reason you keep getting people like Barack Obama elected is because you never cared about constitutional liberties whenever um, George W. Bush was in office. You never cared about free markets when George W. Bush was in office. You never cared about the debt when George W. Bush was in office. You think it was, you thought it was justified. You thought everything he did was justified because it was in the name of Republican government. And now the left, they are facing the same thing that that we faced on the, on the right, the left is facing now the same thing where they stopped caring about those things once their guy got into office. All they cared about was winning and they won, but they actually lost. They lost because they didn't know their why. They lost because they forsaken their uh, principles. They ditched them as soon as they won. They defended Barack Obama every single turn instead of calling him out and saying, What are you doing? This isn't what you campaigned on. And now the ball is back in our court. Now the ball is back in Republican territory, the right's territory, the conservative movement's territory. And believe it or not, the right is incredibly prone to... uh, to falling for big government. The right naturally is drawn, they are enamored by strongman politics. And what do I mean by that? When I say strongman politics, they look at someone like Trump and say this guy is the strongest man in the room. This guy is an alpha male, even though he's not. Because alpha males don't typically have to prove themselves. As, as Trump seemingly constantly does. But they are drawn by this, by this uh, presence of strength, and that's all they care about is being the tough guy, being, being the guy who they know is not going to get knocked down. And that's fine as long as you couple that with an undeniable position. Where you are not going to move whatsoever on the principles of free markets and individual liberty. Because that's where it's all at. That's where it's all at. That was the, the danger that I saw from day one with Trump's uh, campaign and now his administration was that this guy is talking about the wrong things. He's trying to be the big guy, the tough guy, the guy that's going to stand up to bullies. He's talking about the wrong things. Because all of that, all that stuff that he's talking about, it's meaningless. Because he doesn't have a grasp on the Constitution. He doesn't understand what individual liberty is. He, he's talking about things like the Second Amendment, um, things that conservatives typically like, but not because he has this profound love of liberty. Not because he has this profound um, adoration for the Constitution and for the Bill of Rights. He's bringing it up and he's talking about it because this is what strong men talk about. This is what they like. And sure enough, in the conservative movement, that resonated with people. It connected with people. But it connected with them for the very, very wrong reasons. Because they too have forgotten what it is that they stand for. This isn't the first time that this has happened in our history, in American history, and in the rights history, in conservative history. When populism comes up and, and grabs a hold of a movement, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. This is not the first time that that this kind of protectionist, nativist, populist rhetoric happened at this dramatic, uh, dramatic, in this dramatic way. Over a hundred years ago, we were facing the exact same thing. Over a hundred years ago, the strong man of the right at that time, Teddy Roosevelt, was doing a lot of the same things... That Donald Trump is currently doing. I see a great many similarities in Theodore Roosevelt and Donald Trump. Some of you listening to this might think that's a good thing. Some of you listening to this might be scratching your head saying, Caleb, why is that bad? Teddy Roosevelt was fantastic. He was a man's man. He hunted elephant and and went on African uh, safaris for Pete's sake. But he was no friend of liberty. And this is exactly the same thing that's happening today with Trump. Teddy Roosevelt rode on the populist wave. He formed a populist party, the Bull Moose Party, the Progressive Party. The, the term that, that now the, uh, the left loves to use, that was Teddy Roosevelt. And he used this populism, he used this nativism, he used this strongman politics to transfer that ideology and that um, motivation, that idea of politics, he transferred that into government. And now you have a strongman government. And when government takes more power than what it is 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 originally allowed to have in the Constitution. It's never a good sign. Teddy Roosevelt began saying things that sounded quite honestly more like Karl Marx than it did Ronald Reagan. Teddy Roosevelt began taking land, stealing it from the states and from private property so he could preserve it, not thinking thinking that the the uh, the free market, or even the states. A complete, complete um, disruption of states' rights. States' powers, excuse me. A complete disruption of state powers. A complete disruption of federalism. He took it without even a second thought. Now we have Donald Trump. Over a hundred years later, we have Donald Trump. In the same strongman politics, the same strongman um, ideology, the forces of nativism, of populism, of protectionism, thinking that um, America is the only one that can do free markets and we, we can't, so because that America is the only one to do free markets, we can't do free markets anywhere else. Protection, protectionism makes about as much sense as when George W. Bush said, we have to abandon the the free market so that we can save it. Or it makes as much sense as Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi saying, we have to pass it so that we can find out what's in it. There's no consistency. And more importantly, there's no principle. When we just follow the strongest man in the room, And we'll listen and do whatever they say. We'll accept whatever they do. And that's a fatal mistake. I hope and pray that within the next four years, and possibly eight years, but let's take it baby steps, within the next four years, that the true principled torchbearers of liberty, I hope and pray that they hold Trump accountable, and that they don't just fall in line. If it's something that you wouldn't accept from Barack Obama, don't accept it from Donald Trump. If it's something that you would accept from Donald Trump, accept it from Barack Obama as well. When credit deserves to be given, go ahead and give it. But when credit doesn't deserve to be given, don't give the credit. The biggest example of this, in recent news, I think, um, is his carrier deal. I'm seeing people who I know, who I trust, who are friends, completely get behind this and back this and defend this. But I know without a question of the doubt that if Barack Obama had done the exact same thing, they would be down his throat. Rightfully so. This is cronyism. I know there's a very large debate specifically in the libertarian community about whether this is cronyism or not. And whether or not this is a subsidy. It's not a subsidy. It's a tax break. I understand that. But the fact that it's a targeted tax break and no one else is getting this, you are in fact giving this company a hand up. You are giving this company an edge above the free market. That's not how capitalism is supposed to work. If you want to cut everything, if you want to cut all taxes, fine. I'm okay with that. More than okay with that. I hope you do. But it, it baffles my mind that I'm seeing some very strong defenders of liberty, some very strong um, defenders of the market, a free market, it baffles my mind how how they can defend this. How they don't see this as crony capitalism. It's complete and utter cronyism. That's all it is. And that's just the latest example. I am sure, I am I'm positive that this is not the only time that Donald Trump is going to be doing something like this. In in the form of this deal or or just in the form of of violating X Amendment or Y Amendment, we are in for a very interesting four years. But if you can stand up and you can fight and you can say, guys, I really don't care that he's the President of the United States, I really don't care that he's a Republican, supposedly. He's bad news. If he, if he does the right thing every once in a while, fine, go ahead, give him that credit. I did that for Barack Obama. On the rare occasions that he was right, I said, good job. On the rare occasions that Trump will be right, I'm going to say, good job. But protectionism is never right. Protectionism is not free market capitalism. Protectionism only hurts the very people, just like just like... The minimum wage would. And conservatives understand this from the minimum wage side. They don't understand it. And honestly, it hurts far more people than the minimum wage ever will. Protectionism strongly hurts the American worker and the American consumer. While you're doing this in the name of protecting their jobs, in a true free market... Their jobs won't go away. There, there are always more opportunities, even if that specific job they lose. There is always more um, there are always more opportunities. The things that are seen versus the things that are unseen, you see these jobs that are lost. That's very apparent. The things that are unseen is how much the prices are going down, how much um, how many more jobs are saved because of it. Because I'm sure Carrier would not like to close their doors and fire everyone. But because Donald Trump saw this and saw that he could, he could capitalize on this, he gave them a tax break while no one else gets one. And that gives them an unfair advantage. There is nothing whatsoever conservative. There's nothing free market. There's nothing capitalistic about protectionism. I quite honestly don't care if my iPhone is made in Mexico, in China, as long as it's made well, as long as it's made cheaply. Because I don't want to pay $2,000 for it. We have to reject this notion that just because he's threatening businesses, just because he's strong-arming businesses into doing what he wants them to do, we have to reject that notion that it's healthy. Because if you notice, whenever he he was uh, uh, talking about the deal that he just made with Carrier. He put out a little warning. He said, beware, I'm paraphrasing, of course, beware to all those companies who think that they can just pick up and leave out of the United States without consequence. That's dangerous. That is incredibly dangerous. While the uh, the, uh, Carrier deal may have been unfair, what he said to anyone thinking about picking up and leaving the United States is dangerous. The president alone, specifically, let alone the federal government, cannot have the kind of power to punish businesses just for doing what's in their best interest. These are the kind of things that we have to look out for and we have to be vigilant about in the next four years. These are the kind of things that will make or break us in the next four years. It's just as dangerous as what Bernie was proposing. A lot of it is what Bernie was proposing. And conservatives, conservatives were down his throat whenever he was pr- uh, proposing them. We have to reject the notion that just because a Republican is doing it, it's automatically going to be okay. That's dangerous, and that will be our downfall. Next time you talk to someone who who might be um, a Trump supporter, maybe not, maybe they aren't a Trump supporter, but they are at least a little bit more excited than they would if if Hillary had won, remind them some of the biggest atrocities in American history by the government were committed by Republicans. It's not a partisan game. It's not a partisan game. It's not about the Republican Party. I could care less, quite frankly, if the GOP wins. What I care about is if the Constitution wins. What I care about is if liberty wins, if the free market wins. You have to urge them To hold his feet firmly to the fire without letting go. That's the only way we survive. Because this cycle will just restart all over again if we drop it. Remember that in the weeks to come. Remember that on Inauguration Day. Remember that within the next four years. Because this is when it's vital and this is when it is important. Alright, um, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, uh, and I have a very interesting and very thoughtful episode coming at you next week, where we are going to put ourselves in the spirit of the season, and what that season is about, and what uh, how it can benefit us by serving our fellow man. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to providing that for you. And just a reminder that um, I will be broadcasting from Turning Point USA's Winter in West Palm Beach here very shortly. Um, if you are there or if you know anyone that's going, tell them to, to stop me in the elevator or, or down the hallway or on the beach. I'm just going to be happy that I'm leaving the cold in Ohio. Even though it's not terribly cold right now, it's a lot warmer in Florida. If, if you or, or anyone you know is going to that, tell them to say hi. I'd, I'd love to meet you all. And until next week, I hope you have a great week. Be safe, be good, and we'll see you then.